Hello, and welcome to the Space Weather Facts and Forecast podcast. I'm Isaac Brigman, amateur space weather enthusiast, and I'll be giving you the current space weather conditions, a forecast for the upcoming week, and telling you all about fascinating space weather phenomena. Stay tuned. The sun's been picking up the pace the last few days, as active region 3053 has rotated over the eastern limb. This region is possibly the return of old regions 3030 and 3032, and it is one of six numbered regions on the disk. However, it is certainly the largest and most likely to flare. The other regions do not at the moment seem to pose a solar flare threat. Despite Region 3053 only being classified as Beta, it produced a long-duration M2.6 flare yesterday, Friday, with an associated coronal mass ejection. It currently looks as if this CME will mostly miss Earth, but a glancing blow is not impossible on July 11. More on this in a minute. There was also a nice C8.6 eruption this morning on the West Limb but the accompanying CME is directed well away from Earth. Moving to coronal holes, there are currently two numbered holes on the Earth-facing disk, numbers 98 and 99. Number 98 is very small and far south on the disk, and will not affect Earth. Number 99 is also fairly small, but is positioned much more towards Earth, and so a solar wind high-speed stream cannot entirely be ruled out in the upcoming week. As to the geomagnetic activity, we're currently sitting at a KP2. The solar wind speed is 390 kilometers per second, with a density of only 5 particles per centimeter cubed. The interplanetary magnetic field strength is fairly weak at 4.5 nt, and the BZ is alternating between the low positives and negatives. All this is making for a very low hemispheric power of 12 and 13 gigawatts in the northern and southern hemispheres, respectively. The current geomagnetic forecast for the next few days is mostly quiet, but there's a chance for active KP4 conditions, or even a very small chance of a minor storm in a couple days. This is due to the CME launched by yesterday's M2.6 flare, as it cannot be ruled out that it will just graze Earth. There is as well a chance for active conditions starting in a few days, if Corona Hole 99 does indeed give us a high-speed stream. So keep your eyes open if you're an Aurora Chaser at high latitudes, some shows could develop. But of course, it may not be dark enough to see Aurora at high latitudes, depending on location. And for middle latitudes, sadly the chance of a show is small, but not entirely to be ruled out if conditions line up. Thanks for listening to the forecast. Now it's time to talk about this week's featured space weather phenomena. Sunspots are responsible for many solar phenomena, such as solar flares, sometimes coronal mass ejections, which can majorly impact Earth, as discussed in the last episode. So let's take a look at what they are and at some of their characteristics. A sunspot is basically a dark region on the sun's surface consisting of a particularly strong and dense region of the sun's magnetic field. 
They form when a concentration of that field wells up to the surface. The causes of this welling are mostly unknown. Their lifespan can vary greatly, from days to weeks, even sometimes months. Sunspots die in a similar manner to how they form, when the magnetic concentrations weaken and sink back down into the sun. They look dark because they're around 37% cooler than the surrounding sun. And to show how much cooler they actually are, if you think if you could cut a sunspot right out of the sun and put it in the night sky, it would only be about as bright as the full moon. That's much dimmer than the rest of the sun. They're cooler and darker like this because the dense magnetic field blocks rising heat from the inside of the sun from reaching the surface at that location. Sunspots are made of two parts, a darker core known as the umbra, and a lighter surrounding halo called the penumbra. And since they're completely magnetic in nature, sunspots have polarity, either north or south. They're often found in groups known as active regions on the sun, with spots of both polarities often present in the same group. Sunspots and active regions can vary greatly in complexity, from single tiny spots of only one polarity to very large and complex spots of both polarities. The most complex spots can even have two umbrae, darker cores, of opposite polarities within the same penumbra. The magnetic complexity of a sunspot, an active region, plays a major role in determining how likely it is to flare. More complex regions are usually more likely to flare. So this means that it's very important and useful to have a way to classify sunspots and to assess their solar flare potential. Currently, a system known as the Mount Wilson classification is used. It was developed by the Mount Wilson Observatory in California. The system assigns one or more Greek letters to each sunspot group, with each letter representing a specific magnetic layout. There's four letters, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. As well, combinations of some letters are possible, specifically beta gamma, gamma delta, beta gamma delta, and beta delta. If a sunspot region is classified as alpha, it means that it's unipolar, so only one polarity is present in the group. Beta means that both polarities, north and south, are present, but they're distinctly separated, like you could draw a straight line to divide the polarities. Gamma means that the polarities are so mixed up that no line can be drawn between them, Beta gamma is another fairly common classification. It means that the two polarities are distinctly present, but still fairly mixed up. Like it would be possible to draw a line to separate them, but the line would be very curvy. And as to delta, it's only a suffix that can be added on to beta, gamma, or beta gamma. And it means that one or more delta spots are present in the region. A region as a whole cannot be classified as delta, only single sunspots. So a delta spot is one in which two umbrae of opposite polarity are squished together in a single penumbra. These spots are generally very unstable and can produce major flares as well as decay rapidly. In general, alpha regions do not produce any notable solar flares. They're just not complex enough. Beta regions can produce small flares they usually are not strong enough to affect Earth. Gamma regions are extremely rare, but could produce decent flares if they showed up. Beta-gamma groups are much more common, 
and they normally have the potential for C, which is small, or even low M, medium, solar flares. Beta Gamma Delta is the most complex and likely to flare group. These regions often produce M, medium to strong, or even X, very strong to extreme, flares. Gamma Delta is another very rare classification, but if it showed up, it would have the potential to produce strong flares. Sunspots, if they're large and complex enough, can pose a bit of a threat to technology on Earth, and this makes it important that we understand them more fully, and crucial that they continue being classified and monitored every day. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and share it. This podcast will be available on the second Saturday of every month on major podcast platforms. See you next time.